So for those that follow me on Facebook, you would have seen the other day I posted a quick video, a towel and my medal, but I completed my second Ironman event and it was actually an international race. We flew over to New Zealand to the beautiful city of Taupo. Now, I don't think I've pronounced it right. I know that the locals say it completely different, but us Aussies call it Taupo. So I just thought I'd do a quick podcast and hopefully we inspire someone to go and do a Ironman or to get off the couch and get fit. But I just wanted to run through my whole experience on what it was like to complete and to finish my second Ironman, full Ironman event. For those not up to what an Ironman event is, it is a 3.8 kilometer ocean swim or in Taupo, it was a lake. It's a 180 kilometer bike ride. Then you finish off with a 42.2 kilometer marathon run. You have 17 hours to complete that in. I'll go through my day and, and the journey and how it all started uh, because it was a quite a crazy sort of a week. So we flew out of Brisbane. We flew into Auckland uh, with Air New Zealand. No Qantas, actually. And then I had to ch- uh, change planes to, to a domestic flight out of uh, Auckland to Taupo. That's where the issue started straight away because as soon as we landed in Auckland, we were on a big you know, Airbus 380 or whatever it was. And then we had to jump onto a smaller plane. Now, it fits at like 30 people this smaller plane. And the problem was that there was 20 of us on that plane that were competing. So we all had bikes. So the plane actually wasn't big enough to actually take all that bike. So my bike actually never made it onto the plane, stayed in Auckland. So that was uh, a little bit scary thinking, oh yeah, we're over here. Now I have no bike. And then we're like, oh, we'll just go back, fly back, pick them all up and bring them all back. But that wasn't the case. And what they ended up doing was putting all the bikes on a truck and then the trucky delivered the bike uh, 24 hours later, uh, which was great. It ended up at my hotel room and, and I got my bike. It's about a four-hour drive for, for on the truck. And the bike was all good, so I got the bike and we put the bike all together. And, on, and that was on Thursday. So I flew over on Wednesday, got my bike on Thursday. The Ironman event was on Saturday. I put the bike together and then on Thursday... I did a bit of a quick ride uh, just out on the open roads just to get used to their roads over there because they are a little bit rougher. Just to make sure it's basically a gear check just to make sure that the bike is all good, good to go for the race, uh, which it was. So I did a quick 10 kilometer ride there just to make sure everything was all good. Then I, on Friday, we went out for a bit of a quick run just to see the course. So I just did a quick five minute uh, run just to really loosen up the legs and get the legs ready uh, for the for the next day for competition. Now, that was all I was going to do, but I had a quick chat to um, to my coach and he said, look, you should really just jump into the lake and get used to the water uh, in the lake. And I'm like, look, it's crystal clear. You can see the bottom, you can see all the fish and it's dead flat. It'd be just like swimming in a swimming pool. So I ended up uh, around lunchtime on the Friday after I got a, I did my check-in and signed in for the race. I put my wetsuit on because it was a wetsuit swim and I knew I'd be a little bit uh, cooler uh, than the weather over here in Queensland then. So I jumped in and did a bit of a bit of a swim in the lake, and I'm actually really glad that I did because when I got out of the water, uh, it was actually that cold. I wasn't wearing any um, swim cap or anything like that. I actually got like a really bad headache and brain freeze because it was so cold, the water. So that was some really good advice there from my coach to to do a bit of a quick swim. So that was all done on the Friday. So And then from there, basically just sat on the couch and watched about eight episodes of something on Netflix. So just to chill out, really just, you know, calm the body down, rest the body, eat some really good food and basically just drink a lot of water just to really 
uh, make sure that your body is uh, fully hydrated. So I was, you know, peeing every 15 odd minutes because it was just going through me. That's what you have to do to pretty much set your body up ready for the next day for the competitions. So got to bed fairly early on that Friday night because it was a quite an early start. It was a 7 a.m. race, which is a 4 a.m. Uh, Brisbane time because New Zealand's three hours ahead. And I was over there solo, so I actually flew over by myself and thought, no, I want to do this by myself. And um, so I had no family, no friends over there, didn't know anyone over there actually at all. I probably won't ever do that again because on Saturday morning on the day of the competition, I, I couldn't leave any gear anywhere with anyone. So I sort of had to turn up at the event Saturday morning in my gear ready to rock and roll. The only problem with that was at a 4 a.m. in uh, New Zealand, it was about eight degrees. So I was very, very cold before the uh, start of the race, but I was actually really fortunate. There were some really nice people that were competing. You know, there was 2,100 competitors uh, for this Ironman in New Zealand, and she could tell I was freezing cold, so she got a blanket and a, uh, a beanie, and I put the beanie on and wrapped myself up in the blanket before the race. So I was quite lucky that someone there, you know, was was nice to keep me warm. But um, before the race, it, it was a kickoff at 7 a.m. About 6.30, they do this really awesome Maori tribal uh, ceremony for the start of the um, start of the event. It's still dark at that time at 6.30 a.m. in New Zealand. It was so the sun was just breaking through the horizon and there was all these Maoris out on the water doing their big haka and this some opening ceremony. And then at 6.45, the pros start and then we start at 7 a.m. So wetsuit went on and I was expecting everyone to start, you know, in their age groups, which is what we've always done for all my normal races that we do. Um, and then someone told me that it was a mass start. So there was actually 2,100 of us treading water out in the, in this big lake at 7 a.m., freezing cold, and a big cannon is fired, and that's when the race starts. So you could just imagine this crystal clear lake, and then 2,100 of us was just stirring up the water. So it ended up becoming like a surf swim, really. So that threw me a little bit. So that sort of put me a little bit behind the eight ball, but I had a really good, strong swim. Once I got a bit of clean water around me, because basically at the start there with 2,000 other people, you're swimming on top of them, getting kicked in the head, you're getting punched, you're getting pulled down in the water and everything like that. So you try and find a bit of space, but also not swim extra distance than what you have to because it's 3.8 kilometers. So it was straight down two right-hand corners and then straight back up onto the jetty and then out of the water. So I had a fairly decent swim. My goggles were good. Normally they fill up with water and stuff, but I, I had no interruptions. So I was actually really happy with my swim. I was on pace and I come out of the water in one hour and seven minutes. So I was about, about 10 minutes up on what I thought I would potentially swim. So I'm like, okay, we've set with one's down, two more to go. Uh, we've got a really good setup. So when you run out of the water, then we've got about a 500 odd meter run to this big tent where you can get changed into your bike gear and you've got all these volunteers and they've got all your kit there ready that you've put there the day before so you can put on some sunscreen you dry off then you put your bike shoes on you grab your food your nutrition uh, and your helmet so that's the biggest thing is really just grabbing your food that you're going to have for while you're on the bike so you run around, jump on the bike and, and off you go so you set out for a 180 kilometer bike ride and how I was attacking this uh, this ride was particularly to try and stay around 32k average speed. I was looking really good. Uh, I was feeling really good. My legs were feeling good. The first 45 kilometers into the race, I was sitting 
at an average of around 38 kilometers, which I've was was just amazing. And I'm like, oh man, I'm on here. You know, I'm gonna have a really good bike split time here and stuff like that. And you know, it was it was good. I was eating. I had about six bananas. I had about nine water bottles. You know, about halfway through the event. But when we actually turned and then had to head back into Taupo, obviously there was a really strong uh, tailwind. So coming back the other way, it, it turns into a headwind. The only problem was it was all false flats. So we're actually really sort of riding downhill for that first 45K, not really realizing because you think it was flat. Anyway, so that obviously is then uphill coming back. So that really knocked me around. That really knocked my legs around and my confidence on the bike. There was some people crashing, uh, being blown over. That's how strong these winds were. It was a really bad cross crosswind during on the bike. So, But we had to do two laps. Gone out, did the first two, first lap you know, of 90 kilometers. Nutrition was bang on. My water intake and electrolyte intake was absolutely bang on for the first 90. And I, I think I rode that at around... I, I think it was around two hours 40. So I'm like, okay, that, that's going to give me a fairly good time over the one, 180 split. So then when we turned around, the tailwind sort of was then more just a crosswind. So there was no real advantage. And I could just see my average speed just dropping and dropping and dropping. And I was trying to overcompensate in my legs and, and I was using more power to try and keep up on that speed, knowing that I'd just done 38K for the first 45 and stuff like that. So the bike leg in the end, it, it was disappointing. It was There was a lot more hills and a lot more elevation than what I had thought. I'd read up on the course and we thought there was around 800 meters of elevation, but the race ended up being nearly just under 1300 meters of elevation. So that's quite a lot. That's a, quite a hilly course. And I just, we didn't factor in the wind. The wind and the conditions on the day was terrible. It was good though. I, I didn't stop and, and do any peas uh, like I did in my first Ironman. And that cost me a fair bit of time. So I've actually learned now how to pee on the bike. Some people think that's disgusting, but it saves you, you know, well, I peed about five times on the bike. So uh, you can wash yourself off with water and stuff like that. Yeah, it's absolutely gross. I get it, but it saves about 10 minutes uh, on your time. So every minute is important in an Ironman, of course. So look, by the time I got back into Taupo on the bike, I, I'd pretty much in the mind had given up. I It wasn't enjoyable. I wasn't enjoying myself at all on the bike. I just wanted to get off the bike at all. And I knew my time. I knew I wasn't going to do a PB. So you sort of, in an Ironman, you lose that. I've lost that momentum. It's, it is... Yes, it's a physical game, but most of it is a mental game. And I ended up doing the 180 bike ride in six hours and six minutes, which was terrible. So I actually ended up coming in at 29.6 kilometers an hour in average speed. So nowhere near my the time that I thought I would do. You know, I was really trying to bank around that 32, 33K. So from there, you, you throw your bike, volunteer takes it, you get out of your bike gear, and then you basically you've got to now go and run a marathon and uh, more sunscreen. You grab your food, so you have a bit of different food on the run I do compared to what I had on the bike. And look, I was feeling pretty good. My first kilometer uh, pace was around 4 minutes 40 for the first K, uh, probably because you know I was feeling pretty fresh and all the crowd were there, so they G you up, so you sort of do run a little bit faster. I was waiting for the first aid station because in Ironman, that Every aid station or drink station, if you want to call it, is a roughly around 1.6 kilometers apart. So you can sort of just go from aid station to aid station is how I sort of uh, base my training to take on nutrition and food and hydrate and stuff like that. But 
the first one in Taupo was about three and a half kilometers, and that really ruined me because I was I was expecting or wanting uh, some nutrition and and some electrolytes to get into my body. So I actually had to run double the amount of distance, and in that time there was two really big hills. So again, the run course was really hilly. Most of our run courses here in Queensland are dead flat, so we don't really see too many hills. So again, a bit on my fault, probably a bit of lack of preparation. I've got to do some more hills training, of course. It was three laps, and you know, obviously it's about 14, 14 kilometers or 13.8 kilometers per lap. And um, look, my, my first 21, so how I run a marathon in an Ironman is you do your first 5K, that came in at 28 minutes. So I'm okay, that's sub 30 minutes. I'm on, I'm on pace here, I'm doing well. Then you go to 10 kilometers. When you hit 10K, you're really then trying to bank 21, which is halfway. Uh, because it's a mindset thing and I got to the 21 and I think I, I did that in about, I think that was about two hours and 10 minutes for the 21K. So about 10 minutes slower than what I projected. Uh, but I thought if I can double that, you know, it's 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 around a four hour 20 sort of marathon, which I did in my first marathon in Cairns, but uh, that wasn't the case. I um, At about the 28 to 32 kilometer mark, I really just hit a brick wall. Uh, the legs really got to me. I started walking up the hills. One thing that I was trialing was salt tablets because I cramped last time. So that really worked really well. I didn't cramp at all. So the salt tablets did absolutely help during the marathon. It's that second lap is really is where you've got to dig deep because you do your first lap and it's all new and you get your first lap out of your way. Once you do your first lap, you're like, oh, I've still got two more laps to go, you know? And it's really that middle lap is where you've really just got to, you know, dig deep and, and, and really go into that place in your mind to try and fight through the pain and knowing that you still had another lap after that lap. So I got through that second lap and then on my third lap, I'm always enjoying my third lap because I knew I was coming home. You know, the last lap is always the best lap. You know, you you know, you you feel good. Your mindset changes. I started taking on a lot more Coca Cola. So pretty much what I was having on the run was I would have a glass of water with my salt tablet at the first station, and then I would have a glass of Coke, and then I would have a handful of uh, potato chips, believe it or not, and uh, two choc chip cookies. So you're trying to get a bit of salt intake into you, just so you are not cramping. And then at the last aid station, so this is all in one aid station. So it's about 50 meters long, but they have different stations of different foods and, and liquids. And then at the end of that, I'd have electrolytes. So I peed about three times on the run, but I did stop and, and for a toilet on that. I, I don't, yeah, I couldn't do it in, in public like I could on the bike, but that was really quick and didn't really lose too much momentum there. So I ended up running, I think in around four hours and 40 minutes. So 20 minutes longer than my previous marathon. So I wasn't, I was actually fairly happy with that because I, it was a much harder course and I knew that the bike leg had taken a lot out of my legs. So, you know, to finish the story, we finished our second full Ironman and I did that in 12 hours and 14 minutes. So just in comparison, my first Ironman in Cairns, I did 11 hours and 36 minutes. So I was actually 45 minutes slower with another year's training underneath me. But that just goes to show how hard that course was and the conditions that we were racing in was it was it, it wasn't pleasurable 
It, it, it was certainly the hardest thing I'd ever done, but excited to run down. And this was probably the best part of the whole Ironman. So the, the man that created Ironman 45 years ago, he was at the actual event and he does only a certain amount of events around the world where he's actually where he attends. But the biggest thing for an Ironman competitor or what you want to hear when you finish is when you're running down the red carpet so that you run down the finish shoot and it's got this red carpet and it's got the Ironman logo. When you're in that sport, it's really, it's the coolest thing and it's the best thing that you could you know you finished there's always a commentator that says chris gilmore you are an iron man and and that's really just the words and this is why we do it it's ridiculous it's crazy i get that um but the man himself was the actual commentator for every single athlete that finished and in his hawaiian american voice it was chris gilmore you are an iron man and like, like just to hear that was just amazing and it's just, it, it still sends shivers up my spine because you know you've just accomplished something that not many people would do. It's amazing what the human body can go through and actually, you know, you can finish that. But that was the special moment for me to hear that. 12 hours and 14 minutes of absolute punishment. Since then, I've had five days off and I've eaten and gorged whatever I've wanted. Uh, no training whatsoever, just to let the body recover. But I have another Ironman, my third Ironman in 12 weeks. I'm going back to Cairns. I've set a, a new goal for Cairns. I know that course is completely different. So I know I'll definitely, it will be my fastest time, but it's going to be interesting to see how much faster we are but look i just wanted to give you a quick insight on what my weekend was like competing in an ironman so it's possible as they say anything is possible thanks for tuning in this is chris gilmore on demand 